Welcome to Forever Exiled, a Happy New Year's episode this week. I'm Justin AK Tags. And I'm Tyler Wrecker of Days. And this week we are super pumped to be welcoming a GGG guest. This is Rishi, Rishi from Grinding Gear Games. Thanks for joining us. Hey, it's uh, great to be here. So first off, maybe you can just quickly introduce yourself, your name, position, all that kind of gut fun stuff, who you are with GGG. Yep. Uh, so my name is Rishi. I am a game designer at Grinding Gear Games since uh, I think it's 2016 now, so coming up on seven years. I moved here for the job all the way back then. So, you know, it's been pretty fun since. When you say moved here, where did you move from? Uh, so I did my schooling in the... So originally I lived in India, and then I did my schooling, you know, like my university in the US. And then I moved from the US over to New Zealand. So I've been all, all over the world a little bit. Wow, wow yeah. Cool. That's pretty awesome. Uh, we want to get years. a little bit of an idea of who you are before we get into the Path of Exile stuff. That's kind of our thing. People love it. We uh, take a little bit sometimes to get into the Path of Exile content. But mm -hmm. uh, sort <laughs> outside of outside of work type stuff, what's your what's your thing? What do you like doing? What what do you like to do when you're not working? Well, I used to play a bunch of Magic back when I was in the U.S. I don't play as much anymore when I'm here. Um, is that just because it's not as big of a thing? I would have thought Chris would have started a group or something. I do play with Chris once in a while, for sure. Okay. But, yeah. Well, in the US, I used to go every weekend to play. Here, it's not so, you know, regular. Um, other than that, I, I mean, I don't do too much outside of work. I, I like to play games. I like to watch documentaries, especially related to history, that sort of thing. Cool. I've been writing a book for eight years that has never been finished that probably never will be finished because I, hey. I procrastinate forever. What kind of but book? Good for you. It's a fantasy novel. Wow. Nice. And you've put pen to paper like you, you you've actually written some stuff down. Yeah, you yeah. haven't just been dreaming about it for eight years. You actually have some content. No, 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 I do. I have like about 40,000 to 50,000 words down. But the problem is every time I get to say I'm in chapter eight or something. And then I'm like, man, chapter one really sucks. And then I go back and I rewrite chapter one and then I do chapter two and then I go through the whole process again. And then, you know, I go all the way back and I keep rewriting and it'll never finish. But one day I hope so. That's, That's crazy. Awesome. Good for you, though. I heard I heard um, what was Stephen King's first novel? Was it Cujo? I think yeah. it was Cujo. And I think it was his wife that got it published for him because he finished writing it. He thought it was garbage and he threw it in the garbage and then his wife took it out. And then went to the company that he really? was supposed to be That's writing for. And then, yeah, yeah. You never know. You never know. Right now, the guy writes like a novel a minute, but yeah. good for you putting stuff down on paper. That's the hardest part. That's the hardest. I've, I've been to some um, writing conferences. That's the kind of stuff that interests me as well. And mm -hmm. they say, number one thing, it doesn't matter if your idea sucks. Just get it on paper. Just get going. So good yeah, for you. Yeah. I'm proud of you. Now, I, I'm, I'm a pet guy while we're on the subject. And yeah. do you have any pets? No, I really want one though. Uh, when I grew, when I was growing up in India, we always had pets. Like I had dogs, cats, everything. But ever okay. since I've been living here, I haven't had any. I really want a cat, but oh, you okay. know, one any, day. Any kind of cat? Oh, Don't anything you... really. It doesn't matter. I just, just love something cats to sit on your dogs. lap while you're writing. Exactly. All all I'm playing, as long as it doesn't be, uh, get me killed. <laughs> <laughs> right on. Now, you, you mentioned you play Magic, or you'd like to more mm -hmm. often. Um, any other games that you'd like to play? Video games, board games, anything uh, else stand out? Not, I play a lot of MMOs as well, so that's another thing. But in general, I just like playing all kinds of ARPGs. Like every time a new game comes out, 
which is relatively interesting to me. I typically play it and then stop the last game I played right to the end was Cyberpunk, you know? So nice. uh, that sort of thing. But it's pretty much any ARP, uh, like ARPG, story-driven RPG, whatever it is. All right. Nice, uh, nice. You mentioned that you went uh, from India then to the U.S. and then to New Zealand, and I assume obviously the reason you went to New Zealand was the job. That mm-hmm. was the move. So what before New Zealand? Then what were you doing in the U.S.? Like, was there any work that was sort of similar to this style, or or were you, was that just school? No, it was just school. I um, so I actually was born in the U.S., but then my parents uh, moved to India about a year or so after I was born, and I did most of my you know schooling you know like high school everything in india and then i decided to study computer science i'm not entirely sure why but whatever that reason was and um i but i never really considered game development a real job you know like i i mean it was like obviously it was cool and i would have loved to have done it but i didn't think it was a realistic thing at the time but uh when i moved to the us to study we had the option to take like you know electives and that sort of thing and one of the electives that I took was uh, game mod programming, which was really kind of fun because the course was effectively taking Quake 2 and making a mod for it. And from that, I kind of realized how much I enjoyed doing it. So I then branched out into a full-on minor in game development from there. Huh. So that, but there was no, you went basically then from school to working at Grinding Your Games, is that right? Yeah, I mean, mod? there was like, there was like a little bit of time after I graduated until I got the, the, the job, but it wasn't like, you know, a, like, like an extended period of time or anything. Hmm, cool. Hmm. That's pretty neat. So there wasn't anything that you kind of, when you had your life prior to your GGG employment, there wasn't anything that you kind of like, I mean, obviously family or, you know, close relationships, mm-hmm. but outside of that, any passions or enjoyments that you left behind? Maybe the magic, the gathering that you used to play in the States? I used to act on stage. A lot. Ooh, wow. Cool. Go on. Which I haven't done in oh god, it must it must be like ten years since I used to act on stage. But when I was in India doing uh, you know, and a little bit after that, I uh, you know, like every day in the evening, like six o'clock to eight o'clock or something, I would go for rehearsals and once every five or six months we would, you know, I'd join like a theater group and we'd do like a performance on stage or something. But that kind of all went away after after a while. Was that just like mm. a recreational group then? Like just you kind of found like a group of people that were doing it. it wasn't anything related to any sort of school? No. Well, I found the group through school because so just a bit of background, but my school was uh, celebrating its 50th year anniversary or something like that. So they hired like an external uh, group to come and do like this performance of Wizard of Oz. And I I really liked it. I, I did Tin Man for the thing. So... Right uh, yeah. So after that, you know, when I was at when I was at university, I contacted this group and I was like, you know, I really enjoyed it and I kind of want to, you know, uh, do more of it. And then I st- and then I just got involved from there. Hmm. Well, that's cool. That's really, really cool. So that we saw Camille tweet out um, for for Christmas. We saw Camille tweet out a nice stage for the Christmas party there. Was that all for you? You're going to be performing <laughs> for everybody? No, 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 definitely not. I haven't no. done it in more than 10 years. And it's just the thing, like, w- 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 when I look back, I'm like, how the hell did I do that? <laughs> so you're not pulling out any Danny Kaye or Bing Crosby dance moves Absolutely at the same time not. this year? All right. <laughs> well, that's too bad. I feel like uh, all my um, I feel like all my other hobbies went to the wayside the more I got into games. 
Yeah, I mean, it's still not true. Just yeah. extra hobbies. Yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. So when you you were talking about um, when you got your job with uh, grinding your games or when you started moving over to work with them, I, I I'm kind of curious about that process. And one of the things that made me kind of smile was, is it true that your brother actually was one of the things that sort of like helped you convince you or maybe forced you to actually send in that information? Yeah, I, thought I read so, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I'll I'll say convince, but the truth is, he probably forced me. Yeah. Uh, because <laughs> I, uh, I mean, I, like I obviously played a ton of Path of Exile when I was in university. Uh, I don't know if, uh, but you know, I I bought that high tier supporter pack, designed Cloak of Defiance, which became Mind of a Matter, all that stuff. But I didn't That's cool. really consider like writing in and looking for a job or anything. And I, and I, I remember I was back in India for like, I think it was like Chris, a, a Christmas holiday or something like that. And we were just talking about it. And my brother was like, well, why don't you just send in an email? And I was like, well, what, what good is that going to do? They're not even going to look at it. And he was like, but just, just do it. What happens if you don't, you know? And then he kind of forced me to send the email and that's kind of how it all started. Wow. So was it was it a result of that email then that got you into the process, like to being oh, interviewed yeah. and actually talking? Oh, that's oh, so yeah, cool. Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, I mean, this was obviously way before I actually graduated, but it was at least you know opening up the like you know a conversation, uh, for sure. I mean, again, I had to resend an email after I finished graduating and and everything, but I had that original email that I sent because my brother sat on sat on my head and forced me to send the email. So you know, that's awesome. <laughs> was there a reply, obviously, to to that email? Yes, and exceedingly fast, which was very surprising because I did not expect any. I did not expect to reply that fast. Hmm. But you know, what was the time period between that to when you graduated? Oh, you remember? I think it would have been like two years before I graduated or something. Wow, That's maybe awesome. something like that. It, it's somewhere between one to two years. I I know it was not during the last year of university, so it would have been the year before that. And so was your, was there an expectation for you that maybe once you finished, that's where you would be looking towards? Or was this just like a hopeful thing? Like, okay, well, when I'm done my schooling, then I'll reach back out and see where it goes. When I finished schooling, my plan was to apply to, and I did apply to about 500 different companies to try wow. to get into the games industry. And I actually had a spreadsheet somewhere with like the list of every single company, whether I'd sent in an application and everything. And GGG was at the top of that list. So mm. it was definitely, you know, a hopeful thing that, you know, that that would be the first company that I sent in an email. And then, you know, I went down the list and I sent, uh, you know, emails to pretty much everybody at that point. What, what was the, I'm actually just kind of curious that if you're two years still roughly to finishing, what's the context of the email that you originally sent? Is it just like, hey, would you, would it, would this be something I could look at down the road? Or what was the context of that original email? I think it was something like, I think my brother said something like, you know, many companies like to do internships, so why don't you see if they do one? And then I was told that they don't do internships or whatever. But it was still, you know, the 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 fact that I had uh, reached out and spoken to them meant I had that, you know, that open line of communication regardless. But that was, I think, the reason why I sent it in. I mean, and it was also to kind of, you know, express interest to apply once my uh, university was finished. And was there like a hint, hint, like, hey, I'm one of the top, you know, I gave one of the top supporters. So, you know, just push me oh, to the top. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> and there was a hint saying that I played vintage magic. I, oh, I, I pulled out all the stops, you know. Good for you. Good That's for you. <laughs> and you don't give your brother any credit, right? He doesn't know that he had any part of this, does he? 
He he does, and oh, every time dang. we meet, he makes sure to remind me. Yeah. <laughs> His You're Christmas welcome. gifts are a little bit bigger. <laughs> That's <Thanks>. awesome. <laughs> so getting getting into your work day with mm-hmm. what you can say, what what is a normal work day for you? I I read along. We had you had a, a GGG kind of one of those post interviews that they give to the community, but I think that was way back in 2016. So you know that's been a bit now. What? Oh yeah. In, what's your work day now? Oh yeah, that would have been right when I started. So which is quite different. But honestly, mm-hmm. as as much as the work day is very different, it's really hard to describe an average work day because every day is just kind of a new problem to tackle and a new problem to solve. So I don't even know if I could say that there is. A typical workday, other than there'll be a certain number of uh, of uh, issues that come up, and you know some discussions that need to be had or whatever. But there's nothing that's the same. Like like when I go into work today, it's going to be different to what I do tomorrow, and so on. Like that's not going to. I don't think that's changed since then, at the very least. What I work on has changed, but not necessarily what the workday looks like. That's awesome. It's really fun when you don't know what to expect or know for sure what the day is going to be oh, like. Oh, yeah. It, it also keeps it exciting in a way because like every day is like a, almost feels like a new, all right, so what's what's going to go wrong today or what problem are we going to have to solve today type of deal. And you are the kind of person that enjoys that that randomness. You're not the kind of person that wants that static, all right, this is what I got to do. Five o'clock, I'm going home. You you like that randomness throughout oh, your yeah, day? I do. And I okay. almost never go home at five o'clock. Like I usually lose track of time before I leave. Oh, cool. And and you're not just saying that because they might hear this later? No. Well, Pretending that you like your job? <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, well, the, well, the fact that I send Chris messages at 10 o'clock at night about random POE things probably says... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. Uh, you, okay, so your, your official role is game designer, is that right? Mm-hmm. That's like your... Okay, so I have... I saw a tweet that you sent out a bit ago that made me laugh, which was sort of explaining what you do where somebody says you, you had this tweet that you said somebody says what do you do and you say i work as a computer game designer they say so you play games at work all day no i don't oh so you draw things for the game oh no the artists do that oh so you're like a programmer no that's what the programmer's job is so what is there left so can you i thought that tweet was amazing it made me laugh when i read, when I read it but can you what how would you do like describe game designer describe sort of what that entails oh that's the million dollar question isn't it it's a lot of bringing all those parts together and making it actually fit within the context of the the game as a whole like as an example uh one of the first major things i started doing uh was uh was a unique item design right and a lot of that is you know and look ideas are not the monopoly of designers ideas can come from anywhere but it's like it's the it's the process of collecting a good idea, collecting uh, then then getting the art sorted, getting the like the programming side of things sorted, getting the testing sorted, and bringing that all together and making it actually fit in a kind of cohesive way in the game. Like I feel like that that's the sort of thing that a game designer is meant to uh, and and also honestly ensuring that the um, that the final product, as it were, is is good, you know, but uh, by the time it gets ready for the next patch. So one of the things that was mentioned to us that you've had a, a hand in, because there was a list, I think, that, that Bex had mentioned, I think maybe you had sent it to her, but um, one of the things that sort of stood out was character power and, and you know, the player power. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, we, we were just kind of curious, is there, are, 
are you part of that discussion then when they go, well, we need to figure out this with regards to player power? Is there like a sit down or are they basically saying, okay, this is what we need to change. What do you think how we can come up with something that will... It's usually just part of a discussion, and I'm one of the people involved in that, whether it's, you know, item related or, you know, passive trade related, ascendancy related skills, whatever it is, you know, like it's just generally a discussion that we tend to have with the with a few other people as well. And I don't even necessarily end up uh, addressing it myself, but at least I'm part of the uh, part of the initial discussion to determine what needs to happen or at the very least what does not need to happen. You know, and then we kind of go from there. So it's pretty collaborative then when it's like, okay, this is an issue or this is something we want to do, then it's it kind of falls to everybody then to try and figure out how to make that work. Is that? Yeah. I mean, so, like, obviously, sometimes if you have a really good idea of what you think needs to change, you you can you can enter that discussion with that thought in mind. Right. But yeah, usually it's, you know, it, it, it is very collaborative and it is a you know, what, what do you think? What do you think? And then let's all agree on what the right, you know, uh, plan of action is, as it were. I've always been curious about how the dynamic is at the table when these talks are happening. Like, is it always, does everybody just always get along? It's like, yeah, no, I agree. No, I disagree. Or is it like sometimes just like, no, your fisticuffs no, are happening until somebody wins. Sometimes yeah. it gets heated. That it, it it can def I mean, but it's but it but it comes from a place of passion, right? Like so, yeah. you generally try to not let it affect you or anything like that. But yeah, it definitely gets heated sometimes. Sometimes you know, it's it's nice when everyone's always on the like on the same page and everyone just agrees immediately. But that's not usually the case. Generally, people have different approaches and different. Like people might think there's a different problem from person to person. So, mm -hmm. you know, we generally have to come to a, a, a place of understanding, I'd say. Do you ever watch hockey when you're in the States? I watched one show because I lived about five minutes from the New Jersey Devils Stadium. Oh, okay. So I, I've, I went to a couple games, but not besides that. Because I was going to say, I always pictured when people disagree in the office for a game that people There's are like as passionate about as Path yeah. yeah, it's a hockey fight. The jerseys are coming over the head. There's uppercuts. Yeah, and then everybody just gives everybody a high five at the end. Like, everybody, good job. You pumped up the team. All right, let's get back to business. Uh, so let's see. what If you can, what's kind of the process that either yourself or the company goes through for character power? Let's see. Like... Where does the discussion begin? Where do those ideas come from? How long is it on the table? And then the people that the, you know, okay, so here's the problem. Here's what we want to fix. And then the people mm -hmm. that those are given to, how often do they come back saying like, that just doesn't work. Okay. You got to sit down at the table again and figure it out. Like what's, can, can you give us some detail as to kind of the process of how that works? Let me think, because I feel like this is usually different based on what the, what the problem is. And I mean, maybe okay. if I give an example, something from a while ago, actually, there was the whole, I mean, do you remember when we introduced the concept of the mana skills back in the day? That was something yeah. that I was, I pushed really, really heavily for. And That's that, a long time ago to you? To me, it feels like yesterday. Wasn't it like <laughs> four years ago? I feel like it was a while ago. <laughs> I don't know. 3.0 feels like just two seconds ago. So anyway, yeah, go ahead. The mana skills. 19 feels like, uh, feels like a millennia ago now. Yeah. <laughs> all right. All right. <laughs> But, uh, you know, like that sort of thing, like everyone had different ideas on how we could address mana and how we could, you know, expand mana into something more than just a resource to, to cast things. And I feel like that went to went through a ton of iteration where we we 
where we added things, it didn't work, and then we had to, you know, revert it, and then we tried again, and then we eventually, uh, hopefully, got to something that we that we all liked. But I feel like it. This kind of depends on how I'm trying to think of the of the appropriate word here, but how sensitive the issue is with character power. Like if it's something extremely core versus something that's a bit, you know, extra on top of that. Like, and when you reference sensitive, is that referencing you at GGG or is that the community or both? Uh, not necessarily the community or anything, but when I okay. say sensitive, I mean, as an example, changing how armor functions. That is so oh, core within the to game how, itself. Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. So how, that's so core to how every character that uses armor functions, you know, like something like that is what I mean, where a change is sensitive that it, that that it can have uh, follow on impacts to ev uh, to like all other parts of the game, or you know, like mana is a, is a good example. Mana would have right? been a big yeah. one. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, mana is so core to how casters work and and honestly how every character works and making any changes to that would be would be huge right because there's then going to be uh, like mechanics that scale off mana or you know there's just so many things like you can't even begin to count how many things that would be affected by a change to something like that and those are the sorts of changes that i think usually go through a ton of iteration and a, and a ton of uh you know discussion in that way when you have stuff like that, and I think I kind of already know the answer to this because I, I did read your three articles on Legion, but does it often happen where that idea or those concepts are are developed and thought about and tried to figure it out, get figured out through multiple leagues? Like it's not like you're coming up with an idea and going, okay, we have to try and figure this out for an upcoming or this next coming league. It's something like, oh, we like this idea, but maybe it's going to take us a league or two to actually make it work. In theory, that's usually the best situation, but there are some times where, let's say we have something that we plan to do for the upcoming league, but if we end up not figuring it out, we don't have enough that's going into that patch. So sometimes we have to figure it out by the, by the league's launch, because like hypothetically, if that change is the main, you know, meta shakeup of that, of that league, for example, then we don't really have a ton of freedom in that. But a lot of times, yeah, like if something just doesn't work, we just, you know, uh, shelve it and we come back to it once the league is done. So with with the game, a game like PoE that is literally always changing, there's always something new or or whatever different. What would you say is sort of the biggest challenge for you with regards to game design, character power, all the things you're involved with? What is there something that's the most challenging thing as you're trying to come up with ideas or as you're getting towards time to develop something new for an upcoming league? Honestly, how big and how complicated the game is. In, and, I, and I don't mean complicated from, a, from an understandability way, from, but from the sense of how many different weird interactions can impact things. That's mm -hmm. usually the biggest challenge. Now, considering I've been involved in so many uniques and so many of these things, I, I generally tend to know these interactions off the top of my head. But With all those uniques? Really? I, no, no, a large percentage of them but still that's more than two is impressive to me <laughs> but it's so easy to miss like this random interaction and that sometimes can result in things going really bad or sometimes it's sometimes it's interesting because it's like it's like this weird interaction that the designers didn't think about and then someone in the community figures it out and then it becomes you know build of the week or something but i i definitely think that is the that is the most both difficult and interesting part of the process because it's difficult in the sense you kind of have to come up with something new and but because there's so much there coming up with something new can sometimes be a little difficult because there's so many 
things that already impact character power in so many different ways. But it's interesting in the sense, if you come up with something new, it's not just coming up with a mechanic. It's like, and to use magic as an example, it's not like you're designing for a standard set, you're designing for the entire card pool. So if you, if you make something, there's potentially thousands of uniques and that can interact with it in weird ways. So how do you go about figuring out where character power should be, but before community feedback, just within yourselves, how do you, is there sometimes that it's just there needs to be a shakeup or is there always a list of things that need to be powered? Like how, how do you go about figuring out where character power needs to be adjusted? What are kind of maybe some of the thresholds or lists or formulas you might have that kind of determine where said item or skill should be? Mm. Uh, I feel like this is different from person to person, but for me, oh, it's okay. not so much a, I think there needs to be a shakeup because I generally don't like to approach things that way. For me, it's more, there's a list of things that in general, I'm not, uh, like I'm either not happy with or think could be better. And I typically just go back to that and I'm like, well, can we improve A or B or C and, you know, keep going down that list until, uh, like, uh, like until we go through the whole thing, but we probably never will. But that's usually how it, that's usually how I like to approach it anyway. It's usually, uh, I feel like this mechanic could be better or this mechanic isn't good enough or this mechanic works, but it's kind of boring and how it works. So, you know, let's try to make a change to make it more, uh, make it fit within the game better. You know, that's usually how. Are mechanics, changing mechanics over um, a unique item that you've worked on, lots of jewels, clusters, that kind of thing, are mm -hmm. skills are some of them a lot easier to modify? My, my assumption would be that skills would be a lot easier to modify because you're just changing numbers where a mechanic would probably take quite a lot of collaboration, a lot of fingers to touch it for it to be approved and also function properly for the core game. Oh, definitely. And skills are very easy to change for just changing numbers, but sometimes skills don't need number changes. They need to actually have mechanical changes and that's when it can get a little complicated. Uh, it's the same with like something like the passive tree, right? The passive tree can be very easy to change if all I'm doing is changing numbers or changing stats or something. But if we're doing more broad shakeups to the passive tree, like when we added masteries, for example, that can obviously end up being a multi-month process of collaboration and iteration to get where it's at. Uh, when, a, when a new design comes out or a new mechanic or whatever comes out and you're starting to get feedback back on some of that stuff, are you involved in trying to figure out if the feedback is coming back that maybe a mechanic's not working or, or it's not functioning the way it's supposed to, or it's too strong or not strong enough, blah, blah, blah. Are you somehow involved in that process of trying to figure it out after it's out? Do you mean after it's uh, released to the public? Or released to the public. Or released yep. to the public. I do try to read feedback where I can. I mean, I, I used to read feedback a lot more, but now I, ha I don't have as much time to, to like absorb all the feedback that's there everywhere. But I'm definitely, or at least I definitely try to be involved as, as much as I can, just so, you know, whether we're changing something or not, it's still good to be aware of what's of of what parts are. What about feedback? I guess maybe before it's released, then if it's if it's going through testing, then I assume you're pretty hands on if it's something you've been working on. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, definitely. Like if it's uh, like internally, I'm pro I'm like on top of it for the most part. Like unless I mean, there there've obviously been patches where you know there was too much going on and I've been less hands-on than I would have liked to, but ideally, yes, that's usually what it would be like. And now from the community feedback perspective, what's it like 
getting community feedback or hearing some of the community feedback for the things that you had ahead into whether it's decisions or you were really hands-on both the positive and negative what's that like it used to be a lot harder to read it but now like over time it's just it's just something i've gotten used to you know just taking it as it is and trying to get useful information out of feedback as much as i can and ignoring any anything extra from there because no matter how the feedback comes there's something useful that you can get from it so and if that can result in something you know improving or becoming better that's all that's obviously you know a, a good thing to uh, to know whether we're changing it or not it's still good to know because as I said, in, in the future, there might be the, the there might be like this opportunity to change it later, and knowing how something has worked or not worked is is useful information to have. Was it pretty difficult beforehand? Like when you were like in your early years with GGG, and you're starting to see some of the passion from the community, whether it's you know legitimate feedback or not, compared to what it's like now. Like, do you feel kind of like you've had to turn it off a bit, like a bit of the emotion from feedback? I see what you're asking. Um, I definitely did at the very start, but it didn't last for very long because I feel like it, it kind of, I mean, I've been on the internet for a very long time, so it's not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And you wouldn't have been new to the POE community either because no, you were no. a part of it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I like, so I play, I mean, I, I used to, and I still play this, uh, this old Korean MMO called Ragnarok Online. And um, like, yeah, like I've been used to seeing how the internet works for a very long time so it doesn't change too much that's funny watch when you got hired they lost their worst most provocative critic you're the most <laughs> colorful swear on the planet and then as soon as you get hired the internet calms down the funny thing is um when i got hired i went back and looked at all my posts to see like <laughs> go on <laughs> do i need to remove anything <laughs> and how'd that go <laughs> Australia, awesome. I didn't have too many, you know, really angry posts or anything. I had one that I do remember, that, that I do remember, which was a really long time ago. This was when, uh, this, this is actually so old, but do you remember when <laughs> there was that build that caused monsters to stand still because you stacked curse effect or curse quality on temp chains? Yep. Yep. That was a really long time ago. Yeah, I do remember. There was a hotfix after that where it changed the quality of the curse from even more of a slow to like car speed or something and i was like well how could you do that i was also building around this attraction <laughs> <laughs> but yeah there it is <laughs> now what are some of the projects or ideas that you've been a part of that have totally failed or got completely shot down something that you were really excited about maybe or had a lot of passion and then it's just like nope didn't work hmm there have been a few, but I don't want to say that they failed. They've just not come out yet. So I don't even know if I could really sure. talk about them oh, because okay. they might come back, you know, later. I mean, they... Bex is about to kick in. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm also mean the number of times we've come up with something and then it's like, nah, it just doesn't work. And then we just shelve it. That's there's so many, but that's part and parcel of the entire process. Right. But well, I mean, the timeless shows is a good example. We came up with something and then it was like, nah, it doesn't work. But then it came back again later in Legion as this bigger more grand system than what it was originally designed as in legion itself i was reading your articles about that that was a bit of a brainchild for you is that right mm -hmm. okay so i just have questions as a dumb poe player okay do you at this point i mean i imagine you would but like the the jewels are just nuts because there's no 
besides like the type of general yeah and like a random set of numbers knowing exactly what it's going to do to each node on the tree is difficult can you look at a, a timeless jewel now and just know like do you know all of the things all of its ways that it will oh. affect one regardless of like what number is on it and which general absolutely not the only thing i know is what keystone <laughs> it's going to get oh, scared me you for a second you said absolutely and i was like we just thought this would be absolutely <laughs> absolutely not the only thing i can oh. tell you is i can look at the legion at the general and say okay it's that keystone that's it right it was just made as a this is how you this is how you make your passive tree your own. Nobody else can have your passive tree because this is how the jewel changes the tree for you. And sure, someone else can try to, Im uh, to imitate it, but the number of seeds that can appear on the jewel is so massive that it's kind of hard to divine into one. Are those seeds, the way those seeds work, are, is there like uh, a string of numbers that are going to be the same with, you know, like, because the seeds are not short. Mm -hmm. Is there is there like a string of those sets of seed numbers that mean that timeless jewel, if it's the same general, is going to be the exact same way it modifies it, or does every single individual seed change? Every single seed changes it. Wow. So there's like infinite possible, well, not infinite, but there's a ton but of possibilities. <laughs> huh. And wow. This all started from, like I said, from a failed concept of trying to corrupt the passive tree back in Incursion League. It was just, nah, it just doesn't work. And then we put it aside. And then later on, it turned into this even bigger thing that I feel like I'm, I'm glad we didn't release the thing in Incursion because it turned out better in, in Legion. And I feel like there are actually a number of concepts like that. Like, I do remember one of the first uniques I designed back when I started in 2016 was this unique that gave you a free aura on your amulet. And it was, you know, like it, like it never actually released. And then it came out later in the form of all uprising, you know? So, uh, like, a lot of these concepts fail, but then they come back in a different form because, you know, they're a cool thing. There was a, there was a keystone that I designed for one of the Legion jewels, I think, which was armor applies to elemental damage, uh, transcendence. But it didn't come out in the original set of uh, keystones. It came out later because it was a failed keystone back then, but then we, we ended up releasing it, in, it, it, like, in a later patch, so... Did you have to keep some of those keystones like that you didn't release in the background for when you guys all of a sudden start taking some of the Legion, some of these timeless jewel keystones and just adding them to the tree? Now, all of a sudden, you got to figure out some other way to to make the timeless jewel work. So I didn't actually keep like like go back to that list or anything. But what happens is like often when you're coming up with ideas, you tend to go back to similar ones if you feel they're a good that they're, you know, ultimately something that you think will be a good idea for the game. And it just so happened that this, like I came up with the same keystone idea that I did uh, two, two or three years ago, and it just ended up working this time rather than the previous one. Mm -hmm. it, that's got to be one of the craziest, one of the craziest changes because those things confuse the crap out of me every <laughs> single time. They're so exciting. They're so fun. It's just yeah. trying to understand them is like difficult. <laughs> it's difficult. <laughs> I had no idea either. Like when they were released, I was like, okay, what are people going to do with this? You know, and then I just had to look and see what crazy timeless jewels people came up with and what their trees look like. It is really fun because like you said, it lets somebody make the tree their own. I think one of the things that a lot of people struggle with them with those timeless jewels specifically is that if they're watching a streamer or somebody and they notice that they've got a timeless jewel in there, trying to replicate that can be very difficult. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because there's no way to test or know without actually having the jewel. Mm -hmm. So. But they are fun because then when you get it, you can be like, well, what can I maybe do with this one? <laughs> uh, 
Uh, you mentioned Ragnarok Online and you talked about playing a lot of ARPGs. Do you have any specific like inspirations that you use for work? Like when you play these other ARPGs, do you, is it sometimes also to to help with that or are you pretty good on the whole inspiration and coming up with stuff on your own oh no 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 i get a i get a ton of inspiration from other games but i don't know if i could actually give you a specific example like i don't play the games to get inspiration i play the games because i just like them but mm -hmm. it's natural to get inspiration from things that you that you think and, and it's not necessarily just games right like it's from any other uh experiences you have you tend to get inspiration from those experiences but Considering I, I spend a lot of my time playing RPGs, MMOs, and whatever, it, it, it tends to be that a lot of inspiration do come from those games, and sometimes older games too, you know. Uh, I'm pretty sure I read that you played a lot of Age of Empires, I the did. first one? Yeah. Yeah! That was, actually my, that was my I start. I got excited when I read that. That was my start in even thinking about game dev when I used to make custom maps with the maps, with yep. the map tool. The yeah. best. So fun. Where are you going to put fish? Where are you going to put some trees? My favorite <laughs> so map fun. that I made, which I, I wish I could get back, but it's in some old computer that nope, I, nobody knows where it is, was I made this maze where you had to take a single character through and they were like obstacles through the thing. It was really weird, but and, 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 <laughs> and, and probably not really fun, but it was cool coming up with that concept over time. I was that like, is what, cool. I was like, what, 12 years old or 14 oh, or something? So, so pretty, You're talking... We land partied. We'd like pick up our computers and bring them over to Justin's house to play Age of Empires. You're oh, talking wow. to the right people, mm -hmm. so don't you worry. <laughs> yep. we just, let's just so change this fun. to Age of Empires chit chat. Yeah, <laughs> such a good game. I actually like Age of Mythology more than Age of Empires. That was even good. Though I know that. Uh, yep. Like, I feel like a lot of people prefer Age of Empires over. I love the the whole god powers and um, favor and all that thing. You couldn't customize maps in Age of Mythology, could you? You could, but the, oh. I believe the tool was less expensive or something. There was something about it because I didn't actually use the Age of Mythology map tool as much. I used the Age mm -hmm. of Empires 2 map tool the most. Did you ever play Battle for Middle Earth 1 or 2? I played Battle for Middle Earth 1. Yes! That was, so that was pretty fun. I, I liked it. That's just a yeah. win for us. Whether you liked it or not, it doesn't matter. If you win, if as you liked you it more, that's it. better. You installed just, it, yep. we're good. We're happy. <laughs> So you mentioned the the Legion stuff, but I'm curious if is there a, a project or idea that's your favorite that you that is part of the game now? At, you know, so you sort of grew into Path of Exile. Is there one thing that you could put your finger on that says that's my my favorite thing I've brought to the game? That's hard. There's so many things that I've brought into the game now, but uh, I don't know if I can answer that. There's just so many things that I don't want to. To say one of them is my favorite because I feel like they you all hurt the other feelings. Yeah, like, <laughs> it's right. like yeah, I get it's it. like asking you to pick your favorite kid. Yeah, your favorite you child. That? That's right. <laughs> well, what are some of them? Yeah, yeah. What's but a couple of them, of them? Sure, right. Just like, so we don't hurt the others' feelings. <laughs> like I did a lot of the um, like the rework to War Cries back in uh, back when we changed them over to okay. the whole exerted attack system and um, all that. All the mana skills, like I mentioned earlier, you know, arcane cloak, archmage. What else? Oh, so many keystones. I, uh, keystones are, so just a bit of background, but I got into Path of Exile because of a guildmate of mine from Ragnarok Online linked me this website of this thing. And I was like, what, I, I, why am I playing this? It's just, uh, you know, it's just D2, but worse at the time. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, <laughs> and, and he knew that I loved D2. And then he was like, no, 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 look at the passive tree. So I looked at the passive tree and I was like, whoa, this is great. And then the weirdest thing, but the reason I, I ended up downloading the game was because I looked at this keystone called Chaos Inoculation. And then my so mind good. just exploded with the possibilities of, of character building. 
And then I saw this other keystone called Blood Magic, and that's it. My mind is made up. I downloaded the game after that, and I played since since then. That was 2012. That's so cool. So I I love keystones. That's probably one of my favorite things about the about character building. So any keystone that I've been involved in, I have a I have a bit of a a bit of an attachment to. There's so many. Is there a struggle at this point with as many keystones as there are to like come up with new ideas? Like, I don't know how you guys even came up with as many as there are, but <laughs> oh no, we have so many more in the in the wow. back burner that we'd like to do at some point. Usually we're more limited by the technical side of things because sometimes there needs to be these major refactors in the code base to allow certain crazy things to you know work. Mm. A good example of this is actually the agnostic. So the agnostic was originally de- was originally designed as a unique for I think it was Delve League where there's this helmet called Hail Negator that comes from the the lich inside um the like the lich boss in Delve. That was originally supposed to be agnostic. And hmm. I can't remember why it was that we couldn't do it at the time, but that idea was just cool and then, you know, it came back again later when you know when whatever the problem was which, I, which it's been so long now that i don't remember why we couldn't do it then and why we could do it later but and i got that idea from the weirdest of places but it was a random mod for skyrim oh it was there was this random boss in, that this mod had, and i don't even think the mod is that good or anything i don't even remember what it's called but there was this mod where every time you damage this enemy it would drain its mana and then heal itself back up to full and I was like, this is the most annoying enemy I've ever fought. And then I got that as an, <laughs> and then I got that as an idea. And I was like, wait, what if you could do that? And then it kind of turned into, you know, turning your mana regen into life, uh, into life recovery. That's pretty cool. That's fun. <laughs> Comes from anywhere. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, sometimes they just like, yeah, like I said, like, y- you can, like, ideas are not like a monopoly of any single person. Like, anybody can come up with, with a good idea. The, the, the strength is in being able to recognize when something is good and something fits the game really well when you had uh just going back to your legion thing when i was reading through the three i think it was like a three-part article about legion uh the part i found quite interesting as i was reading it is the fact that when you guys had this idea for this craziness of what these timeless jewels were going to be and how it was going to be this major shift to how keystones worked and how the tree worked Mm mm-hmm as I'm reading it through, and I think you mentioned a few different times about conversations that you guys were having and how it was going to work. In my head, I just kept going like, how did nobody at any point just go, no, it's too hard, <laughs> too much. <laughs> we're not. Let's do something. It's just crazy to me because that I just from my business background, I would have been like, all right, it sounds like a lot of make work. I'm not seeing an end. <laughs> and it's crazy to me that you guys went through with that huge huge change and it worked out awesome it's such a fun mechanic it's just reading through this you know three page thing i just multiple times was going how did nobody step in and go like (laughs) it's usually when people are well when everyone's excited about an idea that they feel is going to work then it's it's a lot easier for like like let's say there's four people working on something but only one person is truly excited about the idea it's really easy for that idea to get shut down but when all four of them are really excited about uh like about it it's way easier for something to get finished fruition. I actually did think of something that I was that, that I'm most proud of, which is Ruthless. Oh, oh we're coming to Ruthless. That's like Wait. that's like two questions uh, oh, away. You were like a couple questions away. <laughs> we, we are getting we to almost, this is almost the perfect segue. <laughs> it's a perfect segue. <laughs> In a minute. <laughs> oh, and and we have questions. 
Okay. Right. So we we've talked lots about stuff that people can love you for. Mm-hmm. I remember, I remember, I think this was a, it might've been a path of exile to chit chat or around that time when we heard Rory talking about one of the skills that he really liked, that he was really proud of. He didn't care if it was popular, he didn't care if he liked it. I think it had something, I think it was the Herald skills. I think it was Herald of Agony or something. And maybe I'm getting yeah. my skills and people mixed up. So he loved it no matter what, didn't care if anybody liked it or not. Is there something that maybe you're finding that doesn't get a lot of good applause or reception something in the game that's there that people kind of avoid or not do but you just love that you had a hand in it or is everything you do awesome i don't think everything i do is awesome because there's definitely things <laughs> that wasn't I trying to trap you into like a proud <laughs> comment there <laughs> i would never say that myself because i because i'm probably my worst critic even if there's something that people love and i'm like man this this thing just sucks why do people like this you know <laughs> gotcha gotcha um I'm not sure. Well, you can come back to it. Yeah, I'll have to think about this a bit. There's definitely skills that I've made or or uniques that I've made that nobody likes, but I'm like, man, I love this unique and I always use it. Or, you know, I I, I would love to use it as a, as a thing, but sure, I can't sure. think of it off the top of my head. Well, if it comes up in the middle of whatever conversation, just shout it out and we'll know what you're talking about. You <laughs> mentioned that you made the Cloak of Defiance. And yes. then that eventually turned into Mind Over Matter. Mm-hmm. Do you, can you tell us a bit about that? Because that's that's kind of a cool conversion to go from somebody that was just a fan of the game and was able to make it unique, and then now all of a sudden it's a keystone, but you love keystones. Yeah. How did that go from one to the other? Because Cloak of Defiance is still in the game. So I was playing a ton of Path of Exile at the time, and I just wanted to support the game at the time. I mean, the game was much smaller back then, right? Like, this was back in closed beta, and then the game released into open beta, and I was like, man, I, I just play this game so much, I I, I just have to support it. And then I saw that the highest tier supporter pack included a unique item design. So I just bought it at the time. And, uh, you know, I didn't think at the time what I wanted my unique item to be. But later on, when I got this email saying, you know, hey, you know, you purchased a unique item design. Let's see how it goes. Uh, it was Rory, actually. So I, I emailed Rory back and I was like, hey, do you think we could talk about this on Instant Messenger? Because it'll be easier to get ideas and whatever. And... I was just, I loved Energy Shield in D2. So I was like, we don't have Energy Shield as a, as a mechanic, like, which, is, which, which in D2 Energy Shield was Mana Shield. So I was like, can we just do a Mana Shield? And, event, and originally I was told, no, we can't. Like the tech just doesn't support it. And then we went through a bunch of other ideas. And then we kind of circled back to, uh, to you know, what eventually became Mind Over Matter because that was just the coolest idea of all of them. And then eventually it, it was made and I was told that it was really fun and we, they kind of want to make it a keystone as well. And uh, I mean, I was floored because when I, I started playing POE because of keystones and the fact that yeah. I got to make a keystone was just the coolest thing ever. Did it become a keystone before you started working there? Yeah. Oh, okay. Interesting. In patch 1.0, the, both the unique released and the keystone was released. Hmm. What does Cloak of Defiance do now? It still gives the keystone. Okay. Yeah. And it gives a ton of mana regen. So, I mean, it's, it's, it still has its place, but I think, and this is a bit of a, I mean, it's obviously hard to go back to those days, but one of the problems with Cloak of Defiance, and this is not a problem, but this is, when I look at it, I'm like, man, this could be so much better. It was designed as an evasion ES base because of, because of how Eldritch Battery used to work, which would convert your, your energy shield into mana. It was designed to be level 54 because that, or, or 
or that beast state because that was where Merciless Ledge was. And at the time, you found Merciless Ledge for 10 levels before you proceeded in hardcore. So everything made sense in the old game, and it worked really well with the old Arctic Armor, which was, you know, drain mana and take uh, less damage from hits. So does it fit in quite as well as it used to? But at the time, I, all I wanted to do was make something somewhat build-enabling, and I believe for like two leagues in a row, it became the most used unique or something like that in hardcore. Oh, wow. So then it, I mean, and after that it got nerfed, and then it became less used, but it was still good. And the fact that it'll always have a place because of Mind Over Matter itself is is kind of, is, is really cool. And I would say Mind Over Matter is probably one of my favorite keystones. And there was a long period of time where it was like meta mm-hmm. all the time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I like I remember at the time there were two chests that everyone used to go for, which was Lightning Coil and Coco Defiance. Yep. That's cool. So from a personal perspective, not as an employee, because not everybody that of course has the opportunity to make a, a div card or a unique or whatever it is, that not everybody, of course, gets to have that actually as a keystone as well. So mm-hmm. you kind of had your idea in a way implemented permanently in the game as long as the keystone didn't change. But Cloak of Defiance has, of course, changed, got nerfed, as you said. What's mm-hmm. it like when you create an item as a fan for the game you like and then of course it it gets modified a bit from its original creation or it gets nerfed it's no longer of course obviously it's exciting to have the coolest unique in hc for two leagues in a row yeah 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 then that changes what was that kind of like i actually it never actually bothered me i it because i didn't want the unique to be that popular i wanted the unique to be this weird niche thing and the fact that it got nerfed so that it wasn't as popular in a way kind of brought it back to what it was originally for and, and I'm not trying to say that it wasn't cool that it was this super popular unique or anything, but I feel like that was almost by accident. It wasn't okay. like the intention was it was this nobody stack mana because why would you stack mana? There's no reason to stack mana. Well, there's this unique that lets you stack mana. So that's kind of cool, you know, so the few people that want to stack mana can. That was that was the kind of intention behind it. So it, it, it actually never bought me. In fact, and I don't even remember how I suggested, but I remember messaging Rory well after the fact and saying, hey, if you want enough Coco Defiance, why don't you do this or something like that? Oh, sweet. I, I don't know if he Encouraging the nerf. <laughs> I don't know if he actually took that into, into consideration, but I do remember sending, sending a message. Did uh, Coco Defiance ever drop for you in those first two leagues? It did. I still have that screenshot. Oh, that's cool. It dropped in Merciless cool. Docs, and I immediately took a screenshot of it. <laughs> that's I, that's really one cool. of the coolest feelings. Like, you, you yeah, make something sure. and then you find that. That's awesome. All right. Ready for Ruthless? Yeah, I'm ready. Okay. Now, you st- you said that that was one of the things you were most proud of. Mm-hmm. Was Ruthless, uh, I'm just kind of curious, was Ruthless like the child of like multiple people's thoughts or was it like an individual that went like, hey, we should try this and then everybody jumped on or how did how did Ruthless just become a part of it? And if you were a part of that, why? Like, what was the reason? So I don't know where it started, but my first like exposure to it was, I can't remember what I was talking to Chris about, but I, I talked to Chris about something that I wasn't happy with, something to do with items. I can't remember the exact thing. And I was, and I was explaining it, you know, you know, why does it this work this way? Can it be different or something like that? And then he was like, so I have this idea. What do you think? And then he pitches the idea of what was called hard mode at the time to me. And I was like, man, I love it. And then he, and, and, and it kind of went from there. That was my first sort of, that was where I first heard about it. And from then on, it kind of just, it, it was just sort of in the background until eventually, I mean, I, 
I remember I, I I feel like I was rather annoying because I kept asking Chris, "Hey Chris, when are we gonna do when are we gonna do hard mode? When's when's hard mode?" And then uh, eventually I kind of just got involved with it, probably because I was I kept asking him about it. What was the thing about Ruthless that excited you or wanted you to be involved in it? Item scarcity, I think, is the biggest reason why. I love the fact that in Ruthless, a single ring, a white ring, can drop, and I'm like. <gasps> I just got a white ring, you know? Like, that's, I think, what mm. excited me the most. How, how did the current iteration of Ruthless come to be? You go through a lot of different options. There's a lot of people involved in the decision-making. Mm -hmm. You know, Chris says it's done all after hours. So how does, like, all that kind of complexity... And, of course, you have the core game going on at the same time. Yeah. Uh, how did this current version, with all the other ideas, come to be the one that you all chose? Well, that's a, that's one reason why it took so long, because it was kind of, like you said, uh, you know, it, it was just kind of happening in the background and not because the because because the current game is also going on at the same time. But it was, sure. you know, there was a ton of iteration on like what the drop rates needed to be like and everything. And I feel like once that was once once we had the core game, um, as in the core game of Ruthless working the way we wanted it to with zero leagues added then it was kind of easier to add the leagues in one by one because we know this is what the game needs to be like. And then we add, okay, how, how do Rogue Exiles work in this, in this context? How, how do Strongboxes work in this context? How does Delve work in this context? And you, and, and you kind of start to expand. But once you have that fundamental in place, it's a lot easier to add all the other complexities of the game in. The problem is when we were... Uh, and and that's the and, and that was the reason like earlier on where people are, were, were often asking, well, why is this off and why is this off? And it's like it's a lot easier to know what is wrong when, okay, let's say there are twenty things that are going on in Ruthless, and it the, the experience doesn't quite feel right. You don't know which of those twenty things is contributing to that feeling, but when there's five things going on, you and it doesn't feel right. You know exact. I mean, it's a lot easier to narrow down what it is. And then you can you can go from five to twenty by adding it in one by one and seeing how that you know impacts the whole experience. It is is working on ruthless. Uh, I would I would imagine it must be quite a bit different than your normal day to day working at the the poe and poe two. Mm -hmm. Like is that do you? I, I'm actually trying to figure out in my head even how to phrase it. When you're thinking of stuff game design related, I assume you're thinking poe and poe two. Yeah. And then in Ruthless, is it just kind of like giggling in the background that this is going to be awful for Ruthless? Or like, what's the. <laughs> like what, or does Ruthless, is that just an afterthought that you figure out later on? Usually it was that. Ruthless is an afterthought we figure it out later on. Like, we, we make something, it goes into the core game. And then when, I, when I'm in Ruthless mode, as it were, I'm like, okay, so we have this thing. How does it fit into Ruthless? I mean, an example of this was the whole. So the way Beastcrafts work in Ruthless. There's no create a unique. There's, I mean, you can't just create uniques in Ruthless. It's way too rare to have create a unique. So, you know, it was like, okay, Beast Fairy works in this way. And then when you go to Ruthless, it's like, okay, we like beast crafting. We like finding rare beasts in, the, in maps. But how does this mechanic fit into this game mode? And then, we, and then you try to problem solve that aspect of it. So you, you played back in closed beta. That's when I started as well. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I look at Ruthless as much more closed beta-ish where it's there's not all the extra stuff yeah is that another reason like is that sort of a, something that draws you towards the idea of ruthless is because you had you played for such so many different iterations of the game that this is kind of like it's not quite a flashback but it's kind of a bit 
going back. Oh yeah, definitely. Without a without question. It 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 feels like the I, I'm not saying it's like Path of Exile in 2012. There's obviously mm -hmm, a sure. number of differences, not the least of which spamming slash OOS. But yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. but mm -hmm. you know, there's 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 obviously differences there. But you some you, I feel like you get similar feelings when playing it, even even though the actual game that you're playing is different. Like right. You can do a delve. Obviously, delve doesn't fit in 2012 or 2013 Path of Exile, but you can still feel like it feels in that. It, like, you know, it it gives you the same. What's the word I'm looking for here? The uh, the same dopamine hits that you got in 2012. I feel sure. Yeah, yeah. the excitement yeah, of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, th that's definitely what, what what draws me to it for sure. And. There was talk about not having any of the leagues, but I feel like that's one of Path of Exile's strengths, you know, having these variety of mechanics. And it, I feel like the game, like, you still have to take everything that the game has gotten over the years and have it fit, which is, but, I mean, that's the reason why leagues are less, like, I mean, you can't find leagues as often as you do. And that's a, a big reason for this is so there's more of an emphasis on the core game and not the the sort of side games, as it were. I don't know if you can answer this, but is there is it planned that Ruthless will continue to um, include upcoming leagues? Yeah, it will. Hmm. Like every wow. league, I'll try to make sure there's a there's time some put version aside of it so or something. It works for Ruthless. Yeah, I I was actually very insistent on if it was releasing in three twenty, it has to have the league because if it doesn't, you're gonna have such a uh, such a feeling of missing out because there's this new content. But if you choose to play Ruthless, you can't try the new content like that's going to feel so bad for anyone that wants to uh, that that likes everything else about it but because the league wasn't uh, like wasn't included you just can't play it so so with i have we haven't touched ruthless yet we're probably waiting to our private league to do it this league but okay. uh, i assume rewards must just be slashed by a billion yeah, that's, with regards yeah, yeah. have hmm. you played ruthless at all yeah i have was it lots before release or have you had a chance to touch it since release Oh, no, I've played it a lot since release, too. Um, oh, cool. I actually died uh, yesterday. Really sad. So <laughs> I, I started a rerolled. Uh, so I, so I rerolled the second character yesterday. Oh, yep, got an attack, I didn't mean so to bring up such a something. sensitive subject. I'm sorry. <laughs> Are you doing Ruthless Hardcore Trade, trade or SSL? Trade. Okay. Uh, so uh, before Ruthless came out, I used to play in a private league with a bunch of friends of mine. But now we're all just playing on Ruthless Hardcore Trade. Because it's almost like a private it league, I'm sure. It is pretty much like a private league. <laughs> <laughs> Except with a, with, with a bit of a larger economy, rather than just like five of us trading in guild, oh, five, like ten, like, like ten of us trading in guild stash. Yeah. Uh, what, what do you think of Ruthless so far, like feedback-wise, launch, go? Do you feel like it's at a pretty good spot right now? Yeah, I do. I, I, I do think there's definitely things to, that can be improved. I mean... There's obviously things that are missing, considering it's still a bit of a beta in a sense. Like th that's one of the reasons why there's no challenges because you know uh, it's not a hundred percent completed thing yet. But I do hope to have them for three twenty one. But and there's definitely some improvements that can be made still. I've noticed some while playing, and you know uh, I generally so I have my my private Discord server that I just write down notes while I'm playing. So every time I see something that I'm like, man, this could be better, and then I just note it down there. And this is not just for Ruthless. Like whenever I play Path of Exile, I have this note notepad of things, which is like, oh wait, that was bugged, or oh wait, that didn't look right, and I just note it down and then address it the next week. But yeah, I I do think it's it's been really fun. I feel like the feedback has been mostly positive, and the people that like it like it. It's obviously not for everybody, but those that like it do. 
when you talk about making the notes for Ruthless and things that you would change, because uh-huh. Ruthless, uh, you guys were, which I appreciated, were much more upfront on saying like, if we don't like it, we're going to change it. Like, we're, yeah. you know, like with POE, it's definitely, you got to be careful. People uh-huh. plan builds around it. Uh, do you prefer that way of going? Like, nope, this doesn't work. I can change it tomorrow. <laughs> uh, I do like it. I, I do prefer it for now, just because it's not a fully completed thing. True. After it releases, it definitely feels bad when you do it. And I, I do know, having been on both sides of the fence, why it's good to not change things after it goes out, just mm-hmm. because you don't want to, you know, fully invest in something and then it be a patch note away from changing, you know? Right. Uh, so it's it's definitely something we're careful careful about for that reason. But because we kind of preemptively gave a warning that, hey, if there's something that doesn't work, we must, we have to change it because this is still a beta. And then, you know, so, you know, you're forewarned that, you know, something may, may, may or may not uh, be the same. Is the thought that Ruthless will eventually not be in that sort of mode, that it will actually be a full release and... Yeah, I think in 321 onwards, it'll just be, I mean, it'll be termed less of a beta and more right. of a, just a release. Cool. So you, you you have a short timestamp then of just being able to like tell everyone else to stick it. Like, ha, we're changing it. Stick it. Don't care what you say. But we can still change it every patch. <laughs> sure, sure. But that's, <laughs> but that's expected. Now it's just like, screw you. <laughs> uh, so you mentioned your Discord server, you know, your, your private one that you're taking mm-hmm. notes on and stuff. So not sure how, how if you're able to answer the question or not. But if let's say Ruthless was yours and only yours, it was your game, uh-huh. right? You just created it. It's your own thing on Steam or whatever. What changes would you make to Ruthless from its state? What what kind of wishes do you have for it? Well, right now? Or changes um, that you would make that maybe you would prefer not are in it. Whatever. Hmm. There's actually a lot of changes that we that I would like to, but whether we can is, oh, is a bit of a different thing. Like, I do feel like there's a bit too much emphasis on Atlas on the Atlas tree when it comes to map sustain. And it kind of crowds out some of the other interesting things like i do feel difficult map sustain is an important aspect of this that is what poe used to be like back in the day where you had to you had to have a strategy you had to execute your strategy to ensure you could climb maps it wasn't just you know a, a guarantee you had to invest in your maps and everything but i do feel it may be a bit on uh, a, like a bit on the high side when you say high side do you mean like the difficulty to maintain no, or I mean the investment oh, okay. that required. Okay. And map sustain, you mean getting maps you don't have, or are you just talking getting maps in general? I mean climbing map tiers. Okay. What are the changes here? There's definitely too much power coming from the passive tree compared to items in Ruthless. When because if you because if you think about it, like compared to the base game, your items, the, the quality of your items are so much higher. So the the difference in power compared to how much power, like if you think about it from the perspective of your power comes from three sources, right? Your passives, your skills, and your items. There's definitely a much bigger portion of that coming from your passive tree and your skills rather than your items. And I would like it to be more in your items because when your items give you a ton of power, they're just more exciting to find. There's just there's just so much more that they can give. So that's, I think, the other sort of, I don't even know how we would change this, but I'm just saying, generally yeah. speaking, these are sort of the, is a thought behind that too, just because your items are going to be so much more rare. So mm-hmm. there being yeah. some sort of excitement to getting them. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's just when I find a ring and it has two resistances, it's it's crazy. Like what? It has an implicit and two other resistances? That's so much resistance. 
you know like <laughs> i'm now capped on two of my resistances like that's the kind of uh, uh thing i mean if i have a ring with a single resistance like i think the ring that i was wearing when i was in maps on my previous character was a blue ring with a single resistance on it that was it that's awesome <laughs> we haven't like i said we haven't played it yet but i have watched people play it and it's hilarious talking you know hearing people talk about where they're at and they're on a two link yep because they just haven't found anything my friend said something which was just the, the the most hilarious comment where he was going through sanctum and then you know then there was like the the rewards and then he's like oh i got an augment oh that's good just imagine hearing that <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> i'd like five thousand of these please <laughs> nice. so when when uh uh, a new league comes out or whenever you know yeah when new leagues come out is ruthless sort of the style that you would prefer to play or are you playing both or how, what do you how do you look at ruthless versus the normal if uh, from like future leagues for my own play for your own play yeah. i for my own play i will probably default to ruthless unless there is for example a new end game that i want to get to or something like that that i, that I want to get to really quickly but otherwise i think i would personally probably default to playing on I don't know if it'll always be ruthless hardcore trade. I generally like to default to hardcore, but sometimes I like playing softcore just because I. There are some times where I don't have a ton of time. Like this time, I normally never have time to play in December because I usually go on holiday. But this time, I my holiday is pushed to January, so I'm actually going to be here throughout December. So, you know, some I was time actually off. going to play. Yeah, so I was just going to play a lot. But normally, when I go on holiday, I don't get to play a ton. So then I had like a week to get as much as I can done in the league before I leave. But usually, yeah, I think I would I would default to playing the Ruthless version. And Ruthless, you would still continue to make a new one each league, like not playing yeah. any form of oh, standard, yeah. but actually the league one. Yeah, 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 for sure. Nice. I, I mean, my favorite thing was always the ladder resets of D2. Mm -hmm. So just going through Fresh the ladder start. reset process. Yeah, every single time is really fun. So nice. are you secretly saying that standard people are crazy? I, so there is a reason why I have considered playing standard too. And it goes back to how I like developing a character over a long period of time on MMOs. So if you're, if you're approaching it from that standpoint, I feel like there's a really, you know, a really good reason to focus on that. I tend to get my sort of satisfaction doing that on the MMOs that I play. So I don't do these long-term projects as much. Because for me, PoE is always about the like the three month reset, and then I because I usually have a new build I want to try or a new something or the other that I want to do, and then I play it, and then you know I, I always have this backlog of builds, but I always need something to kind of push me to try it, and that's usually a ladder reset. Like I would play even if there was no new league, if it was just a ladder reset, because that's enough of an incentive to push me to try something new. I like that. Hmm. So. Hardcore though, mm -hmm. you play hardcore, you play trade primarily. When you die in hardcore, do you start a new build or do you play the same build, but obviously you're having to start over? So this time I played a different build just because I wanted to try as many different builds as I could on the first iteration of Ruthless. Okay. Usually I like to just start the same build if I haven't done what I wanted to, just because. So I usually approach a league with one with a build that I I'm 100% sure I want to do. And if I haven't accomplished the goals of that, I just start it over again. Have you touched the game on console at all? No, I don't actually have a console anymore. I used to have one, but I don't have it anymore. 
So you're lucky. You avoided the question. I was going to ask you if you liked the game on console, and there was a correct answer to that, but I can't ask you. <laughs> I I'm the console fan here. Justin's the PC yeah, stuff. Yeah, I'm yeah. the console guy. All right. <laughs> I don't actually own a console anymore. So, And honestly, for me, I, I played Elden Ring on a PC with a mouse and a keyboard. So that should tell mouse you. And a you did the mouse and keyboard. I, I oh, played Elden Ring wow. on a PC, but I bought a controller. because. Yeah, I use mouse and keyboard for Elden Ring. How how was it with the mouse? That sounds crazy. It was crazy. actually so I, I didn't actually hardcore. find it I didn't find it that difficult. But then when I told people that I used a mouse and keyboard, they called me insane. So, <laughs> 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 I I did have to change. So the default binding that they had for the dodge roll was spacebar. And I couldn't I couldn't use that because spacebar is always jump mm -hmm. in most games. So I I I I changed that. What did you but change it to? That, F. Oh, okay. So it's right next yep, to the right there, right next to my uh, WASD. I mean, I did Man. kill all the bosses. I did. I I, I finished the entire game um, with the with the dragon incantations. Actually, they were really fun. Oh, nice. So fun. Right, cool. Such a good game. Yeah. Oh, Elden Ring must be my favorite game over the past so many years. Like I spent so much time playing it when it came out. Yeah, that was the same for me. It was until I played God of War. The new God of War oh, on PlayStation yeah, yeah, Five yeah, yeah. was it? Yeah, it, it beat out Elden Ring for me, but Elden Ring was amazing. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. I haven't I haven't played God of War yet. It was that the was story. Going to be like early next week. Oh yeah. The yeah, story yeah, yeah. was just incredible. Elden Ring for me, the, the the thing that pushed it over the edge was every time I unlocked a new area, I was like, wait, the game is twice as big. <laughs> it just kept getting bigger. Right. The map right? just getting bigger. Yeah. And I feel like that was the first game that kind of downplayed how big the game was. It yeah. was just so massive. Mm -hmm. And this is something that I feel like you don't have as much anymore, where the first week of Elden Ring, nothing was discovered. Everything was, you go through a dungeon, and at the end, you have no idea what you're going to get or what the dungeon even has, mm -hmm. because all the guides hadn't been populated, whatever. And I know you can kind of simulate that by not looking at guides, but that requires at least some amount of you know, willpower. Uh, yeah, willpower to not look, look stuff up, right? Yeah, but right. Even if you wanted to look stuff up, you couldn't. And that was amazing. Because I was just going through and I was like, all right, what's it going to be? And then I get something that is useless to me. But still, yeah. you know, there's always that excitement at the end of every cave or dungeon or whatever. Even just like running past something, you're like, what? There's an opening. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and then you're into <laughs> right. a freaking dungeon. <laughs> yep. And then you go into the dungeon and then you're like, wait, there's three parts. Which part do I take? Mm -hmm. And then you go into this part and then there's something. And yeah, that yeah, was a lot of fun. The thing that blew me away about that game was not just the quality of the release, because I mean, obviously there's bugs, but not from a user standpoint, but from like a PVP or development standpoint where like it was just rock solid. But the thing that really blew me out of the water was they did so many firsts for that company, like from software, they added a different kind of jump they added mounts they added open world and all mm. the, all so many new aspects a map yeah right i mean yeah, a map yeah, yeah, for Dark yeah Souls. that's true but they nailed on the first iteration like you you look at any other kind of like sort of kind of rpg that tries to add or just an action game third person that tries to add other uh rpg aspects to it and it takes them two or three iterations of their annual releases to nail it, it whereas right. yeah elden ring they crushed it they did yeah. it really well, so I definitely agree. We're well, we're we're all on the same page mm -hmm. here. We have three Elden Ring lovers here, uh, <laughs> we're, so we are going to move into some of the more personal aspects of Poe here. We touched okay. on hardcore solo cell found. Obviously, you love standard on console. We've been through that, but 
kind of like the segue from character power to a lot of your preferences. What's your preference in a game like Path of Exile in terms of character power? Should a character with, I don't know, I guess I'm thinking about like investment versus character power. Mm-hmm. Are you the kind of person that prefers, like Ruthless seems to me that you prefer the slower paced Path of Exile uh, where it takes absurd amount of investment to get to these pinnacle areas should pinnacle areas you know be able to be completely wiped off you know just like annihilated easily with the proper investment Mm -hmm. you know kind of like throw all those questions in what's your kind of preference for character power in a game like poe i like it when pinnacle content is difficult to access and even harder to trivialize it should be possible to trivialize because that's always the 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 dream right but it should be really difficult and i do you remember when Adziri first released? Uber mm-hmm. Adziri came out at the same time, and it was unbeaten for how many months was it before someone managed to kill Uber Adziri? It was longer than a league before That's it cool. died. That's the kind of thing was it that really? it's like. Wow. I think so. I can't wow. remember for sure, but I remember it, it, it was an absurd amount of time before Uber Adziri was killed. And I like it when there's like a more sort of, what's the word? A more normal growth of power over time rather than kind of just jumping to the top really quickly. That's mostly because it makes every single upgrade feel meaningful. Mm -hmm. Like I go from say, I mean, obviously using random examples, I go from say 5k DPS to 10k DPS to 20k to 50k to 100k. You know, you see every single step along the way. Do you prefer a faster or slower paced build typically? Like what's, I guess uh, in conjunction with that is, do you have like personal type of builds you like to play? But do you like to be fast or slower? I like to be tanky. Okay. So usually slower, but not, not necessarily slow. I just <laughs> like to be tanky. This might be because of, you know, hardcore or whatever. My favorite build of all time was this. It doesn't even work anymore. But it was this build from, uh, I think it was Beyond League, which was using Cold Snap and Ramirez Banquet with Resolute Technique. Hang on, say that again. Cold Snap, yeah. Ramirez Banquet, and Resolute Technique. So old cold snap froze and required a power charge to bypass cooldown. So you use that with Ramirez Banquet to get a cold to get a power charge every time you hit. And you use resolute technique to ensure you can never crit with your cold snap. So you could permanently freeze things with cold snap, but the old version of cold snap. So things like that that come together. Because like why would you take resolute technique on a caster? Well, this is why. You you took it specifically to turn off critical strikes, you know? Like that's the kind of thing that I like. Those are the kinds of builds that I like, like really tanky, safe characters that end up using some weird mechanic together. There's another build I really liked too before it didn't work anymore, which was there was this ascendancy node on the Necromancer, which caused when minions died, they left behind Caustic Ground, which is now on the unique called Siegebreaker. Mm-hmm. But what used to be the case was Spectre Limit did not come up on the gem. Spectre Limit was only from the passive tree. So the way you abused it was you use spell echo on your ray specter gem and you cast desecrate and you just cast spe- uh and you just cast ray specter but because you cast it twice your first ray specter would die and, it w- and you would immediately drop cost to ground with massive amounts of damage because of the life of a specter so those kinds of weird quirky interactions are what i end up liking are you for for those type when you're coming up with your build ideas or what you want to play are uh-huh. you in your head just like 
thinking about different uniques and how they'll interact? Are you looking at like what people are playing in the community? Like how, what's your typical lead into a new league when you're... Oh, I almost never look at builds. I always come up with them myself. So you're just thinking about different uniques? That's awesome. Yeah, I, my, that's my, my favorite part of POE is actually just coming up with the build. I, while I obviously like playing the game, the best part is coming up with the build. And, I don't, and most of the time I don't even get to use things like part of building or anything because most of the time when I'm coming up with a build, it's not... It's, it's not stuff there. that's not released yet. So I don't get to use I use oh, cool. I, I have to use a spreadsheet. So I use a spreadsheet to come up with Oh my goodness. Like, yeah. This is like dirty talk. Oh, <laughs> keep it going. <laughs> 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 spreadsheets, Tyler's going. Yeah. I love spreadsheets. Whenever I play a game, I have I have a new spreadsheet coming up with, you know, to work out. I had a I had a If my wife ever leaves me, I'm giving you a call. <laughs> so when I was playing Elden Ring, I had a spreadsheet that worked out how much of each stat I had to get, what was the relative value of every single talisman that I could use and everything. And I had this massive calculation to work out what was the best like weapon to use, what was the best armor to use and everything. And I worked, out, worked it all out. It was really fun. That's awesome. And, I mean, I end up doing that with like most games that I play. I just like that part of games, which is probably what yeah. drove me to game design in the first place, because that ends up, you do end up doing a lot of that in game design too is there any consistency for you between build to build like are you is there an is it literally always just completely different different skill different uniques everything or do you sort of have something that you always lean towards besides the tanky side of it i lean towards casters okay generally i i have there are some melee builds i really like like i really like playing things like smite and earthquake and everything but i generally tend to prefer casters and do you have a typical, do you, do you just try and make a variety with your ascendancy choices as well? Or do you mm -hmm. have a few that you yeah. normally, oh yeah, okay. Yeah, although I tend to play witches more than most others, just because I like, uh, the witch lines are so sassy and good. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we should have told you at the beginning of this interview, I know you have to represent the company a bit with how you speak, but you, you can use any word you want. <laughs> we're, not, we're not picky here like whatever whatever you're allowed to use you you can use here that's no problem you don't have to tame it down to sassy should have told you that at the beginning how about character goals each league for you personally or is it about challenges is it just about seeing where your cool quirky idea how far it can go I mean, obviously, Ruthless changes a little bit of your character yeah, goal yeah. each league, but what before Ruthless, what was your character goal in a normal, I assumed it was hardcore trade? It, no, it was on a hardcore private league with my friends. So we didn't oh, play okay. trade. We played in a 10 to 20 person private league usually. Okay. Um, sometimes I played softcore. Usually when the new endgame came out and I wanted to, you know, beat the endgame on my own character and not on a, you know, a dev character. But most of the time I play on a, on, I used to play on a hardcore private league. Um, goals, it's usually different. Most of the time, it's just seeing the build come together. And this is a, this is a weird thing to say, but how long I play usually just depends on how exciting the next league is. Because if I know what's coming in the next three months, it's harder to stay interested. Yep. And it, especially if it's something that I really am looking forward to. Like, as an example, when, um, again, going back to an earlier example, when we knew when i knew that we were going to release the mana skills i stopped playing that league because i was like well i want to play the mana skills now so you know i stopped playing it but sometimes when that conversation happens too late i just keep playing until i feel like i've done everything that my character can do it's it i feel like it usually i usually get bored when the when the upgrades start when i when i kind of have very little to shoot for 
in terms of uh, you know like item progression i suppose so is and the I goal don't really mean sorry is the goal typically then just to make your character to where it gets it's not about specifically always what content you're getting to no 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 sometimes it's like well i want this character uh, well sometimes i have kind of an internal goal of like i want to kill all the pinnacle bosses on this character or sometimes it's like i just want to hit 90 on this character mm -hmm. or sometimes it's you know something entirely different like there was one league where i just wanted to delve as deep as i could and i kind of ignored the rest of it i usually don't care too much about challenges myself because mm -hmm. i usually make my own challenges as it were right so it's usually my it's usually kind of my own thing like i i just like i want to do x and if i do x i'm happy and then you know next league it might be the same it might be something different that's cool we play the game quite similarly you and i except you crush the game and i can barely beat a roa <laughs> <laughs> do we know so we i was going to ask you a bit about like some of the maybe builds that you love that you can no longer play which mm -hmm. you've mentioned so what about um a mechanic or an item that maybe has been changed or nerfed something that's left the game that you really miss or wish could come back old arctic armor mm. old arctic armor okay yes. and that was the you referenced that what it, you say again what it used to do so it used to drain mana Right. And drain even like basically lose X mana per second. And when you were moving, it made you lose even more mana per second. And it was minus X physical damage and minus five X fire damage taken from hits. Okay. So it would cost you the mana it's draining. It wasn't like yeah, an yeah, aura yeah, yeah, that was yeah. draining it from enemies. Yeah. So mm. it was draining your mana and it was caught and it made you take less physical and fire damage. I really like that mechanic. But and now they've removed just the mana part. And you still have the reduction of physical and fire damage at the current yeah, but it's of the a game, reservation but only when now? you're stationary. No, but it's a reservation. That's the difference. It used to not be right. a reservation. That's kind of what I miss from the old thing. I think that, that would be my first answer when it comes to like a removed mechanic that I wish. Hmm. I mean, it's, it's come back in different forms, right? Like there's Agnostic, which is obviously losing mana. There's the unique pair of boots that causes you to drain mana over time. And I'm sure because I like it, it'll come back in another form again. But I think that was that would be like the number one mechanic that I feel like, I, man, I I, I kind of wish this was still around. But I, again, I don't know if it, if it if it would even fit in POE today. You know, maybe it would, but you know, it's kind of hard to tell. It'd be tough, yeah. Now with all the auras and stuff, mm -hmm. for sure. That's 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 the thing, right? Like you can you can go, you can point to an older mechanic and say, man, I wish that mechanic was there today. But if it was here today, it may not like you remember the mechanic in the context of the game that that was in 2013 or 2014 mm -hmm. that may not actually be the, because there are many things in the game today that probably haven't changed in like years and years but the way they use today is different from how they were used say five years ago mm -hmm. so any any items items uh no i can't think of any I mean, it does make me sad that there are some items that used to be really valuable back in the day that aren't very valuable today. Like it was, I was playing, I can't remember which league this was, but I was playing softcore trade, one of the leagues, and I found a Comsart and I got so excited. And then I looked it up and it was 5C. And then I was like, oh, you used to right. have won the internet like way yeah. back in the day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, oh, right. That's awesome. Mm. I don't know if you can tell us any of this, but do you have anything you're most looking forward to for PoE 2 that you're allowed to actually say? Uh, I don't think I can, but there's no. so many things that I'm looking forward to. Yeah. Yeah. 
I mean, not the least of which, and this, uh, this of course, I'm, I can kind of say, like, I joined the the team when when uh, you know when Patrick was already kind of established, but POE two, there's a lot of changes, and I'm involved in a, in in some of those changes, so it's a bit more exciting cool. in that way. Kind you know? of like from the ground floor, right? Yeah, 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 exactly. That's awesome. I remember watching XLCon from home, and it was one of Jonathan's interviews. I think it was Jonathan after one of his interviews. Or sorry, after the main announcement, and then he was sitting down with I forget if if maybe it was Tarky, mm -hmm. and Jonathan just had he was just so relaxed. He's like, "Ask me anything. I can tell you anything. I like I have no <laughs> more secrets. This is great." Uh, how long did that last for you after XLCon? That uh, moment of well, there's no secrets. Well, I don't think it lasted very long at all because <laughs> you know, immediately after that, like I, I, I'm waiting for the next XLCon, which is you know coming up in yeah. uh, in July, where then I can be like you know ask me anything. Mm -hmm. but, that's right. for a week. Yeah. For a week. Yeah, That's right. Cool. Awesome. Well, we have one more question for you, and okay. uh, well, we actually have tons that we would love to ask you, but we'll wrap it up with this question here. It is our most important question. Okay. Do you have a path of exile tattoo? No. I'm well, now I can't of ask you. Pardon me. I'm terrified of getting a tattoo because I hate oh, needles. Yeah? Gotcha. If you were to get a temporary one, yeah, like a stick-on one, what would you get? <laughs> what would I get? What would you get? <laughs> yeah, a stick-on one that you can't remove. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Probably a mirror. Ooh. Oh, okay. So they're not going away. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, really we're, like we're gonna finish that one here. That would be hey. really hard. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's cool. Okay. And you are, but hey, see, we can't ask you why, because you know more about mirrors than we do. Just because he likes the mirror. <laughs> the pinnacle. I kind of like it. It's because you like looking at yourself in the mirror, right? That's no. It's it. it's because I've never found one in the actual game, so Me you know, neither. I can I can look at this and be like, you know, at least I have one here. Tyler found one, but it was on console, so it doesn't count. Oh, <laughs> here's the thing. Here's the thing. One of my one of my gripes with the game is how many like empty chests there are. And it's like there's some levels just have an insane amount of chests and there's like never anything in them. I found my mirror That's from a chest. From a chest, just a random. It was like a T. It was a T10. It was. I think it was port. You were saying you found yours in, in port. I think I mine was port before they came. It was back in like the the three tiered version of the game before 3.0 I was playing on one of the first iterations of console mm -hmm. and it just came just a random random yeah one of my zombies slammed when I was fighting an enemy and it broke from a chest oh wow yeah so I can't I can't even be bitter about chests now you have it's to like, it's like a curse now you have to open every single every chest. single chest I do I know yeah. everyone I don't to, open you know <laughs> <laughs> you see this chest on the on the other side of the of the screen and you have to run all the way there to open it oh, don't even yeah at least it's easier on console though because I just run by it and I go a and then oh, they're all true. open yeah the it mouse is. your wrist is like all right <laughs> see, yeah. the thing is when I'm playing on ruthless. Uh, yeah, you probably open every single one. The chests can give me a map. Mm -hmm. I'm not leaving those chests. I'm opening every single one. What if? What if that? What if that's a map? What if that's a ring? A thirty-minute estuary. You're just yep. there all day. Oh my god! <laughs> when I got to maps in Ruthless, I had never felt as weak as I did. Right. I'm going to the first map, and every single pack, I'm like, summon a decoy totem, cast a curse, hide behind the decoy totem, cast my thing, <laughs> and then pick up my loot. I mean, I eventually got a bit stronger, but that was my first map, and I was like, man, I've never felt this weak in my life. What is going on here? 
<laughs> so fun. <laughs> it sounds great. Yeah. We're going to find out. We're going to find out. Hey, look, I really appreciate you taking some time. I know it's a work day for you, so we want to we wanna mm -hmm. be cognizant of your time. But thank you so much for hanging out with us. Um, it's been a blast. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for having me. This has been really fun. I'm glad. It was a pleasure meeting you. Yeah, yeah, yeah same Huge here. pleasure. For everybody else, patrons will catch you in After Dark. Uh, everybody else will see you next week in an episode number I don't know, because this comes out on January 1. 169. So, so we'll see them in 169? Or 170? This is 169. All right, we'll see you in 170. And uh, if you're looking for more information, you can find it down below. We've got a website, foreverxl.com. or on Twitter, foreverxl 2 We have a very fun Discord you should be a part of. And uh, Patreon is another way to support the podcast down below. Bye. Thanks again, Rishi. Yeah, thanks a lot.